welcome to the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way. We should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 328 of the podcast. It's Jessica, and I'm so glad you're here today. I've been so looking forward to sharing this interview with you. It's with a past guest, Charity Lighten. And the last time we spoke, she was in the middle of caring for her husband who had cancer, and they were truly living life to the fullest despite all of his physical challenges. And sadly, he did pass away in the summer of 2019. And since then, she has lived a lot of life, learned a lot of lessons. She's found new love, and she's back to share about what that time has been like for her. She is just such a source of, of light, truly, um, in my Instagram feed, and I'm just so glad to know her, and I'm so grateful that she's here to share both the hard parts of her story of the last year and a half, and the joys and the triumph and the peace she has felt along the way. So I'm so excited for you to catch up today with my friend, Charity Lighton. All right. I've been looking forward to this. I have Charity Lighton back on the show today. Hi, Charity. Hi. You're so sweet. Yay. It's so good to have you back. What a year. What a year. (laughs) What a year. For me and everybody else, Yes, exactly. The last time you were on the show, your husband, Dan, was battling cancer still, and you were very much in the middle of that uncertainty and that story, and Sadly, he passed. How long has it been, Charity? He passed in July of 2019, so not quite 18 months. I'm so, so sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I can't can't imagine, and yet you had been going through it for so many years. What is it like to have your normal taken up with, with that dominating the narrative for so long and logistically and mental space and just all of it. And then to have that taken, what, what is that like? Yeah. The, the best way I could describe it, it's, it's really hard to describe. You know, when people say all oh, that took up your life, that was such, when I look back, it was such a blessing. I was so anchored to him and to battling and to us and to savoring. And so, um, when he passed away, I, I just describe it like being like a sailboat and all of your wind is gone. So you don't even necessarily know where you're floating to, or truthfully even care where you're floating to. You're just like, I don't know. You feel completely lost at sea. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I used to hear things like the quality of life in reference to, cancer. And what was interesting for me is I was completely whole as long as I still had Dan with me. Um, near the end, he slept quite a bit. Um, and that it it was a a very, very hard, but peaceful thing, at least because I didn't feel like he was in pain. He was just, just really in a sense, started sleeping more and more and more and more. And, and, and that's really how he passed. But 
for me, as long as he was still here, I was, I was okay. And I was whole. And so now I look back on things, like I said, quality of life. And I'm like, I don't understand for me. I would, I would have kept him here as long as I possibly could have. And so, yeah, you're just kind of left, um, floating for a little while. And I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think there's, there's, there's different ways that, that, that people can go through hardship. Um, but yeah, for me, it was just feeling really feeling lost for a while. Hmm. Yeah. And that's interesting because as looking at you as a type A go-getter, goal-oriented, and like you said, you came across also very whole while you had him in your life, even when things were so, so hard and so, so dire and so, so exhausting. Were you surprised how you felt after he passed? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was devastated. Um, I, there was, I mean, to go into the darkness is not beneficial because it's really, really hard when you lose your significant other. It's hard to feel like you're significant um, on the planet, even though, you know, there's people that are here and that love you. It's very, very hard to feel significant at all because Mm -hmm. you don't feel that way. Um, But something that was interesting that I do remember feeling and and I would, I guess I would pass this on to anyone that's struggling with, with cancer or with illness. Um, I do feel like God put it in us to fight, but the minute Dan was gone, he replaced that fight with peace Hmm. in a way that was, um, really quite tender that he would give me all the fight in the world. And then as soon as, as soon as the race was over, that he could soften my heart and just say, it's okay. This is, this is, this was how it was going to be. Yeah. And peace for you looked like taking that time to really grieve and to really figure out we have a hole now. Like I was whole with him and now there is a void and how are we going to fill it? And I can't remember now what I was reading the other day, but it was something about honoring a loss and it's saying, recognizing that there's a hole left and not just thinking, oh, I'm going to fill it back up, but what am I going to fill it with? Yeah. And, and for a time is real. Like it's real. Yeah. You feel like, almost to the point. Sometimes you feel like you're going a little bit crazy. You want to fill that hole so badly. Yeah. And it has to be really hard to, to jump in and know what, what to fill it with. And I'm sure there are short term fills and then there's long term fills and I'm sure it goes in, in waves. Um, but yeah, navigating that is tricky. How did your kids do and how are they doing? Well, you know, as any mom would say, there's a part of me that wants to answer that and be like, they're amazing. I have mm-hmm. four incredible kids that to me, I feel like their dad left them with the greatest gift of all by saying to them, you honor me by being happy by living a life where if I can look down and see you smiling and being happy, that's how you honor me. And I thought, what a gift that he gave to them. That said, they miss him, you know, like they miss him. You know, my youngest, it was his best friend and, and he was 15 and he's 16 now. And what 16 year old son doesn't want want to have their dad around. Um, but, you know, there was that old cliche that is sometimes painful to hear, but that which does not kill you <laughs> makes you stronger. And they are strong, amazing, compassionate, 
children that are determined to live a life to make him proud. And so that really is just a testament to who Dan was and is and their desire to, um, you know, just be, be like him. We keep a pair of shoes. This was an idea that a neighbor gave to me. And we keep a pair of his shoes in our front room in a glass case just as a gentle symbolic reminder that they've got great shoes to walk in and to follow behind. And, and so I think that they're amazing. <laughs> Three of them were in college now. And one of them is left at home with, with his mama. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like you've just made such a concerted effort to, to make that one-on-one time special and golfing with him if I'm thinking of the right son. And, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, you know, I wasn't his best friend. His dad was. He was 15. He doesn't, he's still, I mean, I'm not his favorite person. He does not think I'm fun or funny or, <laughs> you know, doesn't want to be around me. And sadly to say, as I think so many moms out there can relate. Our job, often, we're the ones that say, get your chores done. We're the ones that say, do your homework. We're the ones that say, oh, you know, you're grounded for not doing this or that. And so, in his eyes, like, I'm the only person in his life that is kind of, I don't know, the the dream killer or the, the fun hater <laughs> in, in his life. So, luckily, we found golf. Luckily, that was the one thing that I could at least lure him out and, and at least he could feel that I wanted to be around him. And, and yeah. <laughs> even if it wasn't always, you know, mutual on his part, but golf really was something that, that brought us together. And then he made the golf team um, for high school. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a fun thing. All thanks to you. All thanks to your skills. <laughs> no, 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 do not read it that way. <laughs> not me at all. Oh, I love that. My husband lost his mom when he was 14 and... Yeah, I I can identify with so many of the emotions that that what you're describing for your kids. And I think what can be especially hard, even when you kind of do find this new groove and new normal and you're making new memories as a family, those milestones where you're like, if only they were here, right? Your daughter got married and Dan's brother looks like him and he walked her down the aisle, right? Yes. (laughs) Holy moly. Tears. My husband's identical twin brother lives oh, next door. Unbelievable. So we, we, in some ways, it just feels like we're still, I think for my kids, people have asked me, they're like, man, is that hard to see him? I'm like, no, because to me, he never, he was never Dan. He never looked like Dan. But my kids love to, you know, my daughter says, I love to look at his face. Yeah. And so how lucky are we that we're still very, very close with Dan's family? Yeah. And I think it's just so important as the holidays approach, just to remember these these families that even if it's been a long time, no length of time changes the fact that, you know, you wish that he was here. And so reaching out, is there specific things that you can recommend to people listening that, you know, would just be a nice thing to do around the holidays, to, to do around anniversaries, things like that, just to remember, to remember. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a couple things. And if you don't mind, you know, I get this question sometimes from people. If you don't mind, I will rewind even back in time a little bit. People, people that might be in the battling stages still. Yes. I think that for me personally, the very, very most important thing for how to say it delicately. So I'm just going to say it is don't put them in the grave until God does. What I mean by that is I was really sensitive to people even implying that Dan was dying or was going to die Hmm. because Jessica in my mind um he wasn't 
like in my mind, he was still here and we were still fighting the fight. And anybody that even alluded to the fact that he might not be around, that was really hard for me. And so call it denial, call it, I, I don't know what, maybe that's healthy or not healthy. I don't know. I just know it brought peace. And I was like, he's here. He's right here. He's in the other room. I, I wasn't really ready to talk about what was going to happen later. Um, and so that would be kind of my one piece of advice. And then after he passed, you know, it's interesting. You don't really know what you need, but one thing I'm convinced that everybody needs, even when we don't need it is some sort of human connection, which brings us to this year, this crazy year that we are in. And there's going to be people listening, Jessica, that they're like, well, I haven't lost anyone to cancer, but I'm drowning right? I feel like I'm floating with no wind. And what's my excuse? And what's, what do I get? What, you know, what story do I get to tell? And, and all I want to say is you don't need to tell a story. No one needs to justify their own heart. And, and I don't think that my heart was harder or less so hard. Everybody has their own reasons for feeling what they're feeling. But I do believe no matter where people are at, some form of human connection can keep us from feeling like we're drowning. And that's what it was for me. It was, I really wasn't ready to um, talk to people, especially me. I'm type A. I'm really outgoing. I really didn't want to talk to people. I had a hard time going to church because I just, I didn't want to see people. I didn't want to, I don't know, maybe put on a smile when I wasn't feeling happy. So it was just a little text, maybe a little plate of cookies on the door, um, a book in the mail, something that allowed me to feel connected without feeling obligated to reciprocate some sort of connection that I wasn't really in a place to give. It's always hard to jump in in the middle of a tender episode like this to share about a show sponsor, but they make this podcast possible. And so today I want to thank Homeschool Magnet. You've heard about me talk about them before, but at this time when schooling is at the forefront of everybody's mind, maybe your kids are struggling, maybe you're struggling, I wanted you to know about Homeschool Magnet because they support homeschooling families by providing students with instruction from world-class credentialed teachers in a remote classroom with their peers. Parents get to choose the best teachers for their student based on values and teaching approach. And this puts you as the parent in control of their education, but without the daily responsibilities of lesson planning, pre-learning, teaching, tutoring, grading, all that stuff that takes so much time and so many of us don't feel equipped to do that. Every student has daily access to their teachers who know their learning needs and can help them with the instruction that they need. With Homeschool Magnet, you get the freedom and the control of homeschooling without the burden, and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee upon enrollment, which means this choice is risk-free. So if what your kids are doing right now for their education is not working, you can learn more about Homeschool Magnet's student experience by going to homeschoolmagnet.com, and you can join the growing waitlist. And so I hear two things. One, if you're that person giving yourself that permission to do what you need to do to set boundaries that you need to set, I'm sure you receive texts that you didn't respond right to or at all. Yeah. And, 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 and if you're the giver of those things, understanding leaving something on the porch versus you feeling like you need to engage in order to make it meaningful. Yes. Leave it on the porch. Leave a text. Don't expect something back. And they'll come back around when, when they're ready, but giving that space and that grace and that leeway to let them lead in that time. Yes. Yeah. Because a true gift of, of love 
is not one that you need a response to. Mm -hmm. So the people that really could be like, you don't need to respond. You don't need to answer the door. That was a real gift because it didn't feel like they were requiring anything of me. Cause at that time I had nothing really to give in, in that immediate moment when I was really soaking in the fact that, that he was gone. Yeah. And even responding to the question, what can I do for you? Again, right. You don't even have the, those words or those answers necessarily. Yes. So it's an exactly. extra burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So interesting. And, and everybody goes through this differently. And so I'm just so grateful to people like you that are willing to share so that we can just learn from one person's experience and hopefully take nuggets so that we can be more educated and more empathetic as people inevitably go through this around us or as we feel validated in our own struggle to be like, oh, I feel so bad. I haven't gotten the Tupperware back from the meal that was delivered or whatever. Right. Nobody cares. It's fine. Right. It's- exactly. Yeah. There's so many things in this year, right, that that can bring us down. Um, And I think part of that is just, like you said, let the Tupperware go, let the little things go. Mm -hmm. Just offer grace in in a way that is an understanding that people are just doing the best that they can. We're all, you know, I was just doing the best that I knew how to do. And I, I look around us right now and I think so many people, they're just doing the best they know how to do. We all are. We all are. And it looks different. And I don't know. Have you read the book, The Four Agreements? Yes. I yes. love that book. And I love I the idea of doing your best, but recognizing your best looks different day to day or season to season. And so giving yourself that space to allow that to look different and not get down on yourself if your best one day looks significantly different than another. And then also keeping the hope that your best can, you know, build up stamina as, as well out of those seasons. I love what you say just about seasons, right? Um, I do believe life is cyclical. It, it just is. There are ups and there are downs. And there's a song that I love. It says, God is the God of mountains and the God of valleys, right? In your highs and in your lows. And my season um, is a different season now, right? Like I've got a smile on my face and joy in my heart. I, I miss him. But should, uh, maybe we just go right there. Like I'm remarried. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure that is was really shocking to the people that follow me on Instagram. We're like, wait, what? And I know we have this kind of social, I don't know, like maybe a social rule that people are supposed to wait a certain amount of time. There was, you know, in the olden days, there was days of mourning, certain, certain protocol that a widow would follow. Um, and so I can understand the need to honor those that have passed But I will also say, even in that, everybody's story is different and my story was different. How did you give yourself that permission to to honor your version of that story? And just go ahead, tell me the love story about your new Daniel. What are the chances? (laughs) Yes. Okay, so maybe we'll just start there. My husband, my first husband, his name was Dan. His birthday was August. He loved cars. He got his pilot's license once. He loved the Rockies. He was from Littleton, Colorado. My new husband, his name is Daniel. He is from Littleton, Colorado. His birthday is in August. He loves cars. He once got his pilot's license. Now there's lots of things that are different, lots of differences, but just the fact that a Canadian girl living in Utah would marry two (laughs) men named Daniel from, from Littleton, Colorado, like for me, it, it's little things that let me know that God is a part of my life. 
He's in the details. And um, I found when I look for it, when I look for his hand, I can find it in these tiny little almost imperceptible treasures. So as far as love goes for me, when Dan died and it really, really hit me that he was gone, which took a little while to be honest. Um, I felt like I had my heart that, that he had taken care of for so many years and that it was handed back to me Hmm. and I was left just holding it. But there's something about marriage when you have been loved the way that, you know, God intended people to be loved in a marriage, you don't feel right holding your own heart. I, I just, I don't know any other way of saying it. Dan had taken such good care of my heart that I was eager and ready to let it be held by somebody else. And, um, I do think also that God prepares you for different things in your life. And there are some things that are unspoken that he puts it in your heart. There's, there's a great story of the nativity um, where it says, and Mary kept these things in her heart hmm. without exposing things that are sacred or special to me. God put things in my heart that allowed me to give my heart to somebody else. Um, and it was, it was not expected. Um, as many things in life are right. The good, the bad, some things they just aren't expected. Um, it was this this gentleman who had met Dan once. I had met him once for a business meeting. Should I just go into the yes? I would love that. Him? Yes. How did you meet him? Uh-huh. He met um, in my home of all places. In my home in 2014, uh, a friend who lives in my neighborhood said, "Charity, I'm interested in this business opportunity." Um, I'd like you to maybe maybe be a part of what I'm thinking. You've got a background in nutrition, blah, blah, blah. Well, you meet with a few different people. So I met with a few different business teams, some possible investors, blah, blah, blah. And um, one day he calls me and says, hey, this gentleman just flew in, um, and he he's one that I'd like you to meet. Could we come by your home? I'm like, sure, great. So, so we met. Now, in hindsight, the reason that's important is because of who this guy is, we never would have met in any other way. Okay. Like, he's a workaholic. 20 hours a day, like we never would have met in any other way. And I look back sometimes, I'm like, wait, wait, what? Under what premise were you coming here? He goes, I don't know. Mark says that I need to meet someone. I said, okay. He goes, well, under what premise were you meeting me? I was like, I don't know. Some business meeting. So fast forward a year, um, he, he ends up moving to Utah and um, keeps in touch with this friend, not, not with us, but with a friend. He brings him to church one day. Um, he and I, he and my new husband, I, I'll say Daniel. Uh-huh. It gets confusing for people. Yeah. Daniel is not of the same faith that I am. Uh, we, we're both Christians, so that's kind of what holds us together, but we, we're not of the same faith. So we see him at church, which is where he meets my husband for the first time. They talk about um, high school and, and Denver and all these other things. Oh, my gosh. And, my husband lost his father to colon cancer. And um, a few months before Dan dies, I happened to be looking for some CBD, trying a different type. And and I get a text from him and, and he says, hey, um, I don't know if you remember me. This is Daniel, my, the company that he started. We've got some products that I think might help your husband. Can, can I send some over? Great. Yes. Anyway, fast forward because I won't get into all the details. A few weeks after Dan dies, he sends me a text and just says, hey, I know it's not like losing a father, but if there's anything I can do, you know, or if, if you need somebody to talk to, 
just, I just wanted to let you know that I'm here for you. And then he would just kind of text periodically, text me a grief meme or a Bible verse or whatever. And, um, that, that's just kind of how it started. And, and then one night he sent a message. He says, Hey, I'm taking two employees to a basketball game. Would you like to come with me? And I said, sure. And I went with him and, and here's what's so crazy. I'm almost a little embarrassed to say this. I just kept looking at his arm. There was something in me I just wanted to hold. I just wanted to hold on to his arm while we were watching this basketball game. And so that was a little unsettling for me. I was like, okay, okay, hold on. Like, what, what is this? And so I went back home and I said to God, I said, okay, part of me feels like this is from you, but I don't want to be a broken person seeking, like we said, trying to fill those holes, right? I don't, I don't want to yeah. be that person. I want to make sure I'm whole. We're going to for sure keep going with Charity's love story, but I did want to thank our last show sponsor, and that is Little Spoon. So Little Spoon has a simple mission, to make life easier for parents who want to feed their kids healthy food without sacrifice and breaking the bank. Little Spoon's founders realized that most grocery store baby food brands were actually older than your baby with heavy processing and preservatives, and it's what keeps food on the shelf, but they want a nutritious food for their kids. Little Spoon's fresh baby food and kids' meals now are just like homemade, but without the hours spent in the kitchen, the huge mess, and expensive grocery bill. These days, parents are busier than ever, and so I don't want you to add one more thing to your to-do list, but if health and homemade food is a priority for your family, but you're looking to save time, try Little Spoon. First of all, they have these small batch baby food options with a rotating list of 100 plus organic ingredients. They're seasonal, they're delicious, and they have these little spoons in each thing. It's just darling. And now for toddlers and big kids, they have over 15 different food plates to choose from. And the great thing is they can be put in the freezer, pull it out like TV dinner. It's that easy. And you know that your kids are eating superfoods, organic veggies, and it's a balanced meal no matter what. I would love for you to try Little Spoon by going to littlespoon.com slash try slash EEP. And be sure to use our code EEP to get $15 off your very first delivery. This code will auto-apply, so if you go to the landing page, you can go to slash try slash EEP, or you can use the code EEP at checkout for $15 off your first delivery. Thanks so much to Little Spoon for sponsoring the show. Now let's just see how the rest of the love story unfolds with Charity. Well, I was sitting home, and my son happened to go spend the night at my sister's house. It was a Friday night. It was about 6 o'clock, and I remember coming and sitting in my kitchen, and I thought to myself, what do widows do on a Friday night? Like, I just, I was all of a sudden could, could say those words to myself, like, I'm a widow. What does a widow do on a Friday night? I was like, I don't even know. And I, I said, I think they watch movies. Isn't that ridiculous? I think, I no, think it's not movies. ridiculous. Yes. So I sat down in my, in my front room by myself and I turned on a movie and I tried not to be emotional because I was like, this doesn't feel like me. This just doesn't feel like me, but I don't know. This is what widows do. So I watched this movie called Eat, Pray, Love. Uh huh. And, and halfway through the movie, unannounced my oldest son comes home he never comes home he was just stopping in he's down at BYU he comes in and he sees me in the dark watching a movie and he gets choked up and he's like mom 
what are you doing? And then I get choked up and I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. He's like, but what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just watching a movie, which is just not something I would normally do by myself in the dark. But I said, I'm okay. Anyway, he left and I was kind of emotional. And there is this, this scene in the movie where, where she talks about this boy who wants to win the lottery and he wants to win the lottery. He's praying to God. He's praying to God. He's like, okay, God, please, please, please let me win the, win the lottery. And finally God says, please buy a lottery ticket. And so that night on my knees, I said to God, I said, my heart is whole and it's ready to be given to somebody else. Um, I know it's soon. I know that this is fast, but it feels like it's the next thing for me. Please just, please, God, please only let me give it to the person that's right for me next. Please don't make me wade through, you know, all of the other stuff that's out there. And I felt God say, okay, buy a lottery ticket. So (laughs) I got on a dating app the next day, which is crazy and not where my heart wanted to go. (laughs) Luckily, this this sweet man named Daniel, who'd never been married, no kids, um, a workaholic, God had a plan for him as well. And that was to open his heart and to give it to me and so we had a COVID wedding nobody was allowed there it was a time where everything was kind of on shutdown we went to the mountains it was just the two of us and my kids and we got married and um that's been a journey in and of itself right everyone remembers the first year of marriage it's bliss but it's tough it's hard work too so it's been just as everybody else highs and lows throughout 2020 for me as well oh and you just radiate joy and you radiate oh. peace. And, and and I love that peace has been kind of a thread throughout this whole story that in your valleys, like we talked about, there was still that peace. Yeah. And then now, you know, no matter, you know, what anybody thinks of, of timing or anything like that, like you felt that peace. And when you know, when you know you're where you're supposed to be, you can do anything. You, you can, can do, do anything. And it really got me thinking that, yeah, people might have judged how quick or things like that, but it's like, we don't tend to judge other parts of people's lives, like people getting a different job or people making a change we don't understand. Like we trust God on the things that feel okay to us. And then I don't understand why we kind of put off limits, some other limitations on what God would also provide for us. Like that doesn't make cognitive sense as a person of faith, but we do. And that's sad. Well, I think for me too, I wanted to be sensitive, you know, part of, part of God's, you know, path for us is empathy and to put ourselves in other people's shoes. And so I wanted to be able to do that with Dan's family, particularly with his mom and with his sisters, because I think for them in the beginning, they're like, wait, what? She's like, she's dating somebody. Like, how is that possible? And trying to put myself in their shoes and, And the only way I knew how to be true to myself and true to a gift that God was giving me and also to be empathetic to them was to try to communicate as much as I could with them and then to just say to them, listen, I won't force him on you until you're ready. Like I won't, I won't bring him to any family dinners. I won't bring him to Christmas parties. I won't bring him around until you're ready. And that is at least me honoring that this is probably hard for you as well. Now, Jessica, I'm not a saint. There was times, there was plenty of times in my mind. I was like, haven't I been through enough? 
Like, haven't I been through it? Can't I just have this? And, and again, God will be like, Charity, that's not from me. Hmm. Don't like, don't go there. I'm like, okay, like just hmm. stay in a place. And, and like you said, with peace, it feels like we live in a world that's noisy and loud and chaotic and disorganized sometimes and, and fill of counterfeit things and counterfeit light. But I do feel like the greatest gift that God has given us, I think are two things. One is peace that when you can have that, when you can quiet things and find peace in your life, you are exactly where you need to be. And the other is love and love comes in different shapes and different sizes. And sometimes it's neighborly or brotherly. And sometimes it's that mad, passionate love. But in all ways, I feel like those are gifts that, that help us get through these storms of life. Oh, that is so, so well said. Well, I, for one, am very happy for you. I, I text or I messaged you. I don't remember how long it was, but there was a time where, yeah, you could just see you were a ship just floating and, and I prayed for you and, and I knew that would be a time for you. Like I've seen people go through that loss and and feel what that feels like in that space. And then there was a time where the color started coming back and you were starting to do things and it just felt like there she is again. And I, and I believe I messaged you that like, there you are, like, I can see it in you again. And I am just overjoyed that you've come to this place and, and still in honoring the whole that, that is tan in your life, but then continuing to fill your life with good things as well. And like you said, he told the kids like, live, live, like, don't you stop? Like you're still here. And you guys are doing it. And I'm just so proud of you and so happy for you. Thank you. And I think, you know, sometimes it's easy for people to go, okay, well, that's not not my story. And it's true. You know, death and and remarriage and all these things, that's not not people's story. But here is what people's story. And Mm -hmm. it's all of our story. It's just this idea that life changes. Mm -hmm. And how do you embrace how do you embrace change? It's in fact, that's something that is in the book. You and I were talking about, I don't think my book was out last time we were no. here. One of the chapters about embracing change. Little did I know that how much I would, I would need that in my own life. But one common thing that came and still sometimes comes, I'll be honest, is every once in a while, a longing wherever we are in life, a longing to go back. Oh yeah. 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 There's a, there's, you know, great story. Lot's, Lot's wife in the old Testament, she had a longing to go back and, and God used a very extreme example in the Bible of turning her to a pillar of salt. But I think it was a profound message to us. It, it is that there's no going back. So for me, I was never moving forward when my heart was still longing to go back. And, and like I said, still, sometimes there's those moments. And, and I think that the pertinent part of 2020, I have found myself going, Oh, I just hope we go back to the way things are. And it really, truly, I wasn't honestly until this week where I thought, Oh gosh, okay. This is the same scenario. Mm. It's not about longing to go back. It's about forging forward and fighting, fighting for how we want to move forward in our homes, in our communities, for our country, whatever that looks like. And I'm not talking politically, um, 
although that will have a play for, for people, right? Everyone's got different music that they need to listen to. I'm just talking about forging a path forward that we are fighting for. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, what that looks like is fighting to have God in our lives and to have connection in our communities. Um, and so who knows, who knows what the new year will, will bring. I think that this new year's Eve people will, will, be happy to see the year go, but hopefully we can all look forward to the future without this, this possible unhealthy longing to go back. That is such, such a great point. I love that. And remembering is and honoring is different than longing to go back. And so it's, it's finding that that new, that new, that new groove. But I think we can kind of confuse those two things. So it's, it's good to kind of put language to it. Um, I heard a great visual for this past year that was, it's like, we've, you know, been living in this lake and the lake has been drained. And then what has, you know, been stuck at the bottom for all this time is finally revealed and all that stuff was, was always there, but here it is in full view now. And, and I've really felt that in our family, like the things that have, there's certainly things that have been taken from us this year, but what's been revealed, um, some of those things are very good things like sunken treasure and, and other things are, are clarifying like, Ooh, I didn't, I didn't see that part of the relationship, you know, with my husband working at home now, like, Oh boy, we gotta, we gotta figure that out. Right. Because we've never been asked to do these things. But when you can, even if it's uncomfortable, kind of confront what is, and then work on those things. A lot of businesses are struggling so, so sadly, but also it's really exposing the weak points that they can then strengthen to be even stronger after. And so no matter what you've gone through this year, I just hope people realize you know, the buzzword of the opportunity that, that, that is there um, you know, to, to capitalize on, on those things. So you wrote your book and yeah, you, we hadn't even talked about the book and it hadn't been written the last time you were on the show, but when you write a book, I've never done it, but I would imagine it feels like very permanent and like, this is what I know for sure. Right. Because this is, this is where you are to that point. Is there anything, tell people what the book is. And then is there anything that you would now change or add or I don't know, rethink now that you've you've lived some life beyond the book yeah so I'm not a natural writer so just writing was was challenging for me but I felt just compelled to kind of get some principles out it's called focused and fearless um, seven skills to essentially you know help your life at the time Dan and I I thought we're so happy how are we so happy with this crazy looming idea of that he, we, we could lose each other in a sense, you know? And, and so I narrowed down to seven things that really I felt like contributed to why we were happy and why we were successful in different areas. And so I wrote about those. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. My brain capacity would have had zero ability truly for almost a year. I couldn't, I, I love to read. I couldn't even re- really read for almost a year because my brain capacity just it, it just was not quite there yet. Um, so yeah, people can find it on Amazon or they can find it on my new website, which is charitylighten.com. That's not a um, porn site. Yeah. God. Oh, I'm so sorry, Charity. Yeah. Oh, blah, blah. <laughs> I share a lot on Instagram. They can find me at a vibrant life, but 
Um, you know, it's interesting. If I if I could go back or okay, I'm not going to go back. Moving forward, yeah, yeah. Moving forward, what I think I will will do in the future is um, not so much share my stories and and share different things that worked for me, as much as talk about other people in terms of um, how, making, making them the, the hero of the story, mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm trying to say, you know, not, not sharing my experiences, which I was happy to do the first go round, but my hope in the future is really just to encourage and inspire people to take action in their own lives in those different areas. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my passion really is, is faith food and fortitude. As you know, I've got a, a master's degree in nutrition science. And so I've, I've asked God a little bit lately, like is, is food. So I'm really passionate about nutrition and food and this and that, is that still part of where I'm headed, part of my future. And this morning as, as I was doing some writing, in fact, I keep seeing this ink mark. I was doing quite a bit of writing this morning, trying to find some clarity on that. And I do believe everybody has a story. Everybody has a, a purpose of different gifts and talents that they need to grow and, and strive to share in this life so that they can really fill their greatest potential. And that takes a spiritual element to be in tune with who they are and their higher power. But it also really does have a physical element. I've learned firsthand that taking care of my body has a direct effect on my ability to fulfill my purpose in life. Mm. So nutrition will continue to be a part of where I'm going. I've got some new courses that are coming out. Uh, One is a direct weight loss course. And by direct, I mean direct meaning personal Mm personal, a personal weight loss course, what has worked for me, what system works for me and why I believe it will help other people because it involves the mind, the body, the spirit. I will also have a course called clean 15 clean 15 is 15 days to just restructure, restret, um, re reset and recommit to your health for 15 days. That starts January 4th. I'm sure mm. this, this, um, podcast might be out. Yeah that but but it will always be available so yeah different things I I feel fueled by God and good food and and hope to go down whatever path that leads me in the future yeah and I love that that ability that you have to be open-handed with God's plan for your life and and I think that's really allowed you to pursue a lot of different types of things and to probably add in new things to your life that you never saw coming, but here you are and and there you go. And I think that's really amazing because I mean, at least for me, I mean, podcasting is still somewhat new. And when I started four and a half years ago, like it wasn't a thing four and a half years before that. Right. Yeah. And so it's How many like, episodes are you on now, Jessica? Oh my gosh, this is like three thirty. Right. And now when you look at new podcasts, they might have less than fifty. Totally. And you're like Look how many. Look right. How many and people always ask you, like, what are you going to do with your life? What's your plan? Okay, your kids are gone. Now what? And it's like some people get so paralyzed by that question. But I love just this open-handed approach and just realizing you may not know exactly the label to put on what's next for you, but you know how you want to approach that next season. And you're doing it with such such joy and such intention. And that's how you're going to be successful at literally everything that you do, <laughs> Charity. Oh, I just gosh, I love, love that, it. But you are very, very I kind. mean it. I mean it. Well, this has just been such a joy catching up. Thank you for for sharing the hard parts of your life, the the lessons that you've learned. 
I mean, it's just, it's so inspiring. And I know it can be so hard to put out there, you know, not just the highlights of your life and the pretty wedding pictures, but also the, it's one day at a time, isn't it? It's all, it's one day at a time for all of us. It is one day at a time. And that one thing that I hope I never portray is that it's anything but that, yeah. or that it's all, it's bliss, right? There's been many, many times in the past year where I have been in the fetal position on the floor in my closet, you know, because even though God sometimes leads you to things that you know are right, it absolutely does not mean that that's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been easy by, by any means. And so that I want to make clear, right? That yeah. there's still the struggle in the everyday life, but peace can still be a part of that. Yes. And, and peace, right? The struggle and the peace, and, the hurt yeah. and the peace, the loss and the peace. Yeah. And hopefully the joy and the peace as well. Oh, I love it. I love it. Charity, you're just one of my favorite people ever. And I just want to give you the biggest hug when all this is over. I always ask my guests one final question. I'm still doing it. I'm sure I asked you before, but maybe your answer is different. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Oh, gosh. Um, This is actually... um, a tiny bit of an emotional question. I'm at a stage in my life that I, my kids are grown and, um, I want to speak to all the moms right now that are in the thick of it. I had a thought last week that has kind of stuck with me a little bit. And it was, um, should you have maybe pursued some other things while, you were mothering. And that thought led to another thought of, Charity, you've got some talents that you probably could have used somewhere else in the business world that, you know, you probably should have. Let me just say this profoundly. Last night, as I opened my heart to God, and this morning he revealed to me that I was exactly where I needed to be. Those voices were not from him. It's not to say that people can't go do other things, but I was exactly where I needed to be. And the heroes of this world, in my opinion, are the mothers who sacrifice all else to raise these children, to teach them what the world is like and to teach them what the world needs more of, of compassion and of love. And and I'm, I'm not talking to any mom in general, in terms of, you know, whether they're stay-at-home moms or working moms or whatever, any mom that says, I will sacrifice a part of who I am in order to better the next generation, you are exactly where you need to be. And I honor you. That is so good. I don't know if you know this. I'm pregnant with my fourth and I'm starting over. My youngest is five. And I am so petrified because I was thinking, did you know that milestone when your last one goes into kindergarten and you're like, oh, and then you have all these things and all this time and you're going to make money again and you're going to, you know, be fancy. And then I decided, nope, one more. And, Uh. and I don't doubt this is the right decision, but it does make you wonder like, what was I thinking? Because according to the world... You're just like, what, why am I starting over? And, but I 100% agree. Like I have that confirmation, like I'm exactly where I need to be. And if we needed more money, 
this wouldn't have happened <laughs> like, or, or the money will come or whatever it is. Yes. Or if I needed to just, you know, pour into the three kids that I have. Great. But like, I'm where I need to be, even when it feels like, well, that wasn't the smartest logistical decision ever. So thank you. That well, that's for me. That's for me. So many others yeah. who have, you know, just about this art of sacrifice that we are sometimes losing in this world. So yeah. to all the moms out there, yeah. amazing, amazing yeah. job. Keep it up. Yes, uh, I cannot agree more. Well, Charity, Merry Christmas. It's coming up and it's going to be the best yet. I look forward to 2021. I look forward to seeing what it's going to do for you and your family. And we're just here for it. And everything will be linked at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. I just love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, friend. Thanks for letting me just, feels like a therapy session. Yes, it does, doesn't it? (laughs) You take care. Merry Christmas. Don't we just love Charity more than ever? (laughs) We do, don't we? Oh, she is just such a testament of God's faithfulness and of what is possible when you have the power of hope and faith and just seeking peace in your life and just seeking the next right step. I'll link to everywhere you can find Charity on ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Definitely check out her book that is so well written and provides so many powerful life lessons that she lives by. And if you're inspired by her life, why not live more like her <laughs> by following these these tips that she recommends? If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks again for being here today. You guys are the most wonderful community and I appreciate you so much. If you've left a comment recently on Instagram and I haven't responded, I'm really sorry. With the update on Instagram, it's weird. And sometimes I don't see messages and comments and things and I like to respond. And if I haven't responded, it's not that I don't love you. (laughs) It's just that sometimes I don't see it or notice it and I just don't like change. Do you? Anyhow, thanks for being here. And we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.